Hello and welcome back to Botox. I'm your host, Bo Braden. Today's guest is Owamugbe Owa Odigizua. He is a graduate of UCLA in philosophy, a former third round pick to the New York Giants, and CEO and mentor at MVP LLC based out of Portland. He was a mentor to me in high school and greatly impacted my football career. And I can't wait for you guys to meet him. you doing thanks for coming on well yeah i'm doing good uh thanks for having me of course i kind of wanted to get started and just ask uh how you got here what what was the journey to ucla to the nfl to where you're at now yeah um so i'm from portland oregon i was born there but i was raised there i was born in uh, columbus ohio like i said grew up in portland went to david douglas high school um, got introduced to football in middle school when I was in eighth grade and um, played that sport all throughout um, my eighth grade year, throughout high school. And then I was fortunate enough to get recruited and get a scholarship to uh, UCLA. I was one of the top recruits in the, in the nation. And so I was getting recruited by a lot of schools. But I decided to go to UCLA for – academic and athletic reasons i really felt like uh, um they're one of the more prestigious universities and i wanted an opportunity to be affiliated with that um and i saw that their football program was kind of on the rise with rick new at the time so i just felt like it was a good move for me so i ended up picking ucla i get to ucla and um i'm there for um, five seasons. I um, played as a true freshman, as a sophomore, junior, and then I got injured my during my junior year, and I had to redshirt my senior year and come back for my fifth year the next year. And so I did that. Um, had a really good year that year. Um, ended up getting invited to the Senior Bowl, to the NFL Combine. And did really well there and showcased my skills and everything that the scouts and NFL executives are looking for. And, um, yeah, I got drafted in the third round and uh, played for the New York Giants for two years. Lived up in the Big Apple. And that was a, that was a um, very teachable moment for me. I learned a lot when, when I was there. Um, didn't go exactly the way I wanted it to from a football standpoint, but mm-hmm. nonetheless, I can still say that I was able to achieve my goal of making it to the NFL and getting drafted. So after that, I was uh, I had a I signed with the Buffalo Bills as a free agent. I got released by the Giants. I was there for a little bit, and in the meantime, I was really thinking about what I want to do, what am I passionate about, what would be the next step for me after football. And once that happened, once I decided that I wasn't going to pursue football anymore, I decided I was going to start trying to give back the best way that I know how because that's what I like to do is to help other people achieve their dreams and goals and 
put them in a situation where they can actually attain that. And so that's what led me to starting MVP, which is a, uh, it's a business, but it's really more so in a vehicle for me to, to mentor young students, at least at the high school level. So I'm, I'm back at the David Douglas high school mentoring students. And, um, I'm actually in the process of starting a family foundation um, in which we would give back to single mothers and their children, trying to implement and create different initiatives and programs. So that's what I'm working on in a nutshell, but um, it's kind of all under the umbrella of uh, MVP right now. Awesome. And and great choice on that avenue. I know uh, you really helped me in high school coming up to Washington State and then kind of through my transfer process. So I'm, I'm happy that you're getting into that avenue. I would like to just ask, coming from kid from Portland, what was that jump like going to L.A. and then eventually New York? Man, that's a good question. It was, uh, it was interesting. I mean, when I first got to L.A., I was overwhelmed by just how big it was. You know, I was like, man, this oh, there's just a lot going on here. No doubt. You know, everything is spread out. Um, you got to drive everywhere, damn near to to get from point A to point B. Um, people, people are just a little bit more laid back out there. Um, and I was just overwhelmed at first. The academics was a lot to handle at when I first got there. Football was a lot to handle because I coming from high school football to college football and having to learn the X's and O's and be on top of your classroom and all that stuff was very hard to, it was a hard transition for me for at least two years. Yeah. It was a good two years of like learning how to be professional, you know, student athlete essentially was the, was the, was the grind for me. But I, I, once my junior year hit, everything starts to slow down and I picked a major and I got my feel for LA and the people and how to move and stuff like that. So it was, it was good. It was a good uh, junior year. And then uh, transitioning to New York, I was already prepared in that it's going to be another big city. But when I first got there, the first day I got to New York, I looked and I was like, man, these, I, I was just, I was just struck by the, the size of the buildings. Mm-hmm. You know, just, I'm like, I didn't even know buildings could be this big. <laughs> like, I'm looking up and I just feel like a small dot in the, in, in the ocean, you know, feeling so small and like, just, I don't know what the, I, I don't even know how to describe it, but it was cool though. It was, it was a, it was a good moment for me just to be like, man, I've always wanted to play in the NFL and I'm in the biggest city in, in the world really doing it. Um, so it was, it was a good transition. I had a good time for the most part. Um, people there are pretty cool. Um, lots, lots of things to get into and to do out there. So, um, and, and you went through, a, a coaching staff change at UCLA, correct? I did. I went through several. And uh, and what was that process like? It wasn't easy because you know you're you're trying to build rapport with uh, 
with the coach that's already there and then they they either get fired or they get another opportunity and they leave and they have to start all over again. And then you're trying to, for me, I was trying to learn the game of football. And with each coach that came, I had like three or four different D-line coaches Jeez. in my time at UCLA. I believe it was one, two, three different coaches, two different head coaches, and like four different defensive coordinators in Jeez. my time at UCS, UCLA. So, so you're, you're learning – Four different languages, essentially. I mean, you're calling it different different things that you you may be having the same assignment, but it's a completely different language. Yeah, it is a different language when you're dealing with different coaches. Um, but I think my junior year really set me up for success because I really learned how to just compartmentalize everything and be more disciplined and just just. I think school helped me a lot too with just my learning process with with uh with football you know how to study better and and uh just take better notes and be more pay more attention to detail and and then put in my own work too like after hours to understand what i'm learning you know it helped my junior really propelled me to understand how to how to deal with different coaches and different schemes and different languages and find a commonality in all of them and still be able to produce. And that's what it helped me do. I mean, I, for now I, I feel like I really do have a good grasp of the game of football because of it. Do you think your rehab process helped make the game slow down with the amount that you were relearning playbooks and then watching other guys where you were usually out on the field how did how did that impact you? Um, it it impacted me a lot actually. It was I was injured my junior year, and I played through the injury that year, the whole year, and then the scene following senior year, I had to get surgery on my hips, and then I had to um, shut it down for the whole year because I had two hip surgeries in the same year, and it was just it was very hard to deal with, but. From a learning standpoint, I learned a lot. You know, I was very, I was a lot more observant, a lot more. I watched other people, other other positions. I studied different body types, athletic movements, different football schemes, and it just gave me an opportunity to to soak in a lot more information, not having to be like on the field and and do like what the coaches are asking of me at that particular moment of time. I could just sit back and take in just, uh, what's the word? Um, you know, visually learn, yeah. I guess. I was, yeah. You know, I was, I, was, I was watching and taking practice reps in my mind, but, was, but studying other, just studying other things to make my, my, uh, my knowledge a little bit more complete. You know, it was, uh, it wasn't easy. Um, rehabbing the whole year and not not playing and feeling like man I should be gone by now I I wanted to be three and done Mm -hmm. but I got injured and now I got a red shirt and then come back for a fifth year I was like man this is tough but it, it definitely set me up for for success in college doing it that way do you think it impacted your leadership skills 
most definitely. Um, because guys who were younger, um, I believe were, were, they were, they were asking me questions and they were looking, they, I mean, they were looking at it to me as an example because they knew w- that I was established as mm-hmm. a player. Um, going into my senior year of all years, you know, they, they knew that this was the year to really make things happen. And instead I'm injured and I'm rehabbing and they saw the work that I put into my rehab and um, I was, I, I would talk to guys, you know, on the sidelines and in the meeting rooms and just helping them understand the game, um, understanding schemes and formations and things like that. Um, I think that, that, that it definitely helped my leadership skills because they, I, I could have easily just checked out and uh, just been over it and just ready to just move on. But I, that's not, that, that wasn't my mentality at the time. No doubt. Um, kind of want to shift here. What, what was the moment for you in your career where you felt like, okay, I can really do something with this? Yeah. Um, for me, it was back in high school, actually. It was uh, my sophomore year in, in high school towards the end of the year um, where I was, having, I was starting to have some success. Um, people were starting to give me some recognition, and um, I really started to have more confidence in myself that I can do some things. You know, colleges were like Oregon State was, was wanting to know about me and inquiring about me. And I was like, man, colleges want to, want to, want to, uh, have an interest in me. That's what really made me go harder and work, work even, um, harder in, in high school to get to a UCLA. And that's what gave me all the, uh, dreams of get, getting to the NFL was going to different camps and having success and stuff like that. That's what really gave me the vision of, man, I can actually make things happen for myself one day. You and I have talked a little bit before on how mental health has impacted your career. Uh, would you be willing to talk about that? Yeah. I mean, I don't mind talking about it. Yeah. Um, I would say it it's impacted my career in that um, I do believe that had I not had some of the mental health things that has taken place in my life thus far, I probably would still be playing um, mm-hmm. in, in to some to some capacity because I know that um, athletically, if I was to start training again and really start giving myself and just giving myself fully over to that process, I could probably probably still be playing if I didn't have the mental health stuff that was holding me that's just kind of that's kind of making things that makes things a lot harder to do mm-hmm. that makes sense yeah no of uh, course you so, you told me a little bit how mental health impacted your physical health loss of strength oh yeah oh yeah yeah for sure um when I was when I I um I was dealing with a lot of anxiety at that time and um, I think I was dealing with depression too, but I didn't really identify it or recognize it. 
mm-hmm. at the time. But um, yeah, I, I it was it was so bad that I uh, lost my like I lost, saw a decrease in my strength. Like I was the I'm, I was known to be the strongest guy on my team at every stage of my career. Like in high school, I was the strongest guy on the team. In college, I was the strongest guy on the team. And when I got to the NFL, it was like some somebody just pulled the rug from under me. Like my strength just declined like instantly. Like I wasn't able to to and and part of it was like I had soft tissue injuries here and there. Um, but a good number of it I just couldn't point I I didn't know why I was not able to produce the same amount of strength and force and explosion that I once had and I was accustomed to as a football player. And it just dawned on me as my time progressed in uh, in New York that my mental health had a huge part to play in that. And it got so bad to when, when I got released by the Giants, um, I wasn't even – I was barely able to – I was struggling with 130 one, – one, uh, 145, I believe. 145? Oh, my gosh. Or 135. Whatever – the bar in the plate, the bar in the 45 pound plate. Yeah. Um, I was struggling with that and I was like, this Jeez. doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what am I doing here? I can't even bench 135. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. I was struggling. Like, that's how bad it got. Oh my God. Now I'm, I mean, my strength is all back and that's what leads me to believe that if things were different, I probably would still be playing because my strength is still there. You know, yeah. Um, sometimes when I go to the gym, I mean, I'll not go for like months at a time. I'll go back and I'm like benching three fifteen pretty easily. Um, so yeah, that's how I knew my mental health really affected my physical health, and that's how I know if it's really bad, mental health can be can have some real, real bad effects on your life, but. Um, for me, it's about, you know, managing and getting the right, seeing the right people and um, having the right support system around you to help you through that. No doubt. I mean, when it, when it, when I was in the worst of it with, with my mental health journey, I mean, it completely impacted how like my, my self-confidence going out to practice, to play all that. And there was, you know, hesitation where it could be putting me in a worse position to go get injured. Um, and then it, it got to the point where instead of being excited to practice, excited to go lift, it was anxious about my performance and waking up on time and that kind of thing. You see yourself as a mentor. I, I've seen you as a mentor. What what has this process been like for you with your brother Osa coming up through the ranks? He was a third round pick as well, correct? Yeah. What what were the kind of things that you've been telling him through this process? Oh yeah. Um well it really started all the way back when I was in I think either I think I was in college when I was starting to really give him advice when I saw that he was uh, he was getting recruited heavily by my D-line coach. Mm-hmm. My D-line coach really liked him. 
as a player and thought he can have a he can be a productive football player at the next level. Something that I didn't necessarily see right away um, until I until I saw him uh, play in the in, the, in an All Star game, and then I as I was watching him a little bit more closely uh, when he was at UCLA. And the number one thing I told him right off the bat was to take care of his body, no yeah. matter what. Take care of your body, take care of your mind. Um, because football is just, it's not, a, it's not a very forgiving sport. You know, if you're not healthy, you know, coaches tend to move on and want to see who, who, else is, who else is available to play. If you're not healthy, it affects your mental health because now you're, like you were saying, the anxiety, the, the desire to want to perform and the excitement about it can be affected because you're injured and you're focused on the injury and trying to climb out of that hole. And it just, it's just, there's just no good thing really. I mean, unless you take, spin it as a positive, there's nothing really positive about getting injured. Yeah. So I told my brother right away, take care of your body do the stretches that you need to do, foam roll, the basic things. High, mm-hmm. Cold tub, hot tub, like be a pro early. Start start taking care of your body because you're going to need your body when you're done with football. You can't, you know, when you're, when you're playing, you want to be playing at a high level and you want to be healthy. But when you're done playing, you want to still be healthy and maintain a, a decent lifestyle. And you're going to need your body to do that. So told him to do that right off the gate and he listened and he was taking care of his body real early and he never got injured in college which mm-hmm. was like because I was like man if he can avoid the injury in college and make it out and and he's productive along the way on the football field he's gonna get drafted yeah and so which is so rare to one. see somebody to make it through their college career without an injury yeah I mean he'll have like typical football not bumps and bruises yeah. like he has some ankle ankle here and he has some shoulder issues but nothing where he had to get surgery or anything it was you know i just told him those type of injuries so to speak you just gotta you kind of gotta deal with it and play mm-hmm. through those but if it's like serious like he needs surgery then that's a different situation and so we try to put him in a position to avoid all of that i would uh tell him to I would try and like send him to like massage therapists and like um, stretch therapists, chiropractors in college, you know, Yeah. making sure he had all those accounted for. And he just got the thing about him is like, he learned like he took ownership of, of that. Like he took pride in making sure he took care of himself. And, you know, when you're young, in college and high school and you're just you feel invincible and you damn near are you don't really take care of your body you're just kind of like oh yeah i'll just shake it off and rest it off or sleep it off when in reality all those bumps and bruises and nicks and hits and all that accumulates and it catches up to you if you don't take care of yourself so that's what my emphasis was from the get-go and then i started to add on to that like make sure you take care of school Make sure you're networking with people. Make your make sure you're exploring what you would be interested in if football wasn't if football was no longer an option for you. 
And so really got him in the mindset of like expanding himself just outside of football. Like make sure you enjoy it while it's here, but make sure you're taking advantage of other opportunities that football brings to the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, life after football, which a, a mm-hmm. lot of guys don't, don't think about. Um, what, what kind of feelings arise when you're watching him out on that stage in AT&T as, as someone who's been there? Mm-hmm. Man, I'm just proud. I'm very proud of him. Just knowing that he's put in the work. He's really worked his, his tail off. He's dedicated himself. He's, he's, he listened to good advice. He's uh, being represented well by – by he's surrounded by a good support system. And just watching him progress and get better and better as a football player is fun to watch because now we're not – he's we understand the importance of – we've laid the foundation of what it takes to be successful at that level. Now it's like we can really make leaps and bounds and progress and to watch him do that is very is very fun to watch. Like I like to like I said before, I like to see people succeed, and I like to help people in the best way I can. If I'm if I cross paths with them, mm-hmm. and to see that happening for my brother is just something that I'm very proud of. Awesome. Um, back to you. Uh, what are what are you some of your goals with MVP? What's what's next with what's next for OWA? Um, for me, my goal is to, to, like I said, I'm in the process of starting a family foundation, like a nonprofit where, uh, we give back to the community specifically to single parents and their children, just kind of maximizing their potential and, um, providing them resources and education and opportunity to be successful that's what I'm in the process of putting together right now. I'm building the team that's going to help me um, make this happen. And we're just taking the necessary steps to, to ensure that we're successful every, every step of the way. So that's the kind of the next step for me is to build a platform like that that I could use to give back at a greater capacity. I love to hear that. But again, thank you for coming on, uh, do you have any closing notes? Um, I would just say this, you know, um, my advice for um, people who want to be who, who they want to be successful, they don't know, um, they kind of don't know what what they want to do per se, or they don't know how to do it. I would say just seek, like, really study people who are doing what you want to do, you know, whether it's like going on the internet, YouTube, Google, whatever, Google, whoever is successful and kind of model yourself after them in the way and try and get good advice along the way. Ask the right questions. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to find a mentor. If if anything, somebody who can, guide you along the way so that you don't have to uh, do things and feel like you're doing it on your own, all on your own. You know, you can avoid a lot of 
mistakes, at least for me, um, mistakes that I've made, I could it could have been avoided had I had the like the right people in my corner guiding me um, through certain as through through certain points in my life. Mm-hmm. And so, my biggest advice right now is just people who whoever's listening, who young, um, up and coming guys, you know, just don't be afraid to really seek out a mentor and really lean on people who've done who've been there and done that and listen you know I always told my brother it's better to if you can learn the easy way or the hard way why not learn the easy way why do you why 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 choose to learn the hard way if you don't have to it can be expensive it can be time consuming it can have really negative consequences if you have to learn the hard way but if you can choose between the two I would choose learning the easy way every time exactly I love it. Um, how can people connect with you? Um, you can connect with me on my Instagram or um, Facebook or, um, or really any of my social media platforms. I'm pretty, uh, especially on my social media, I'm pretty open. Um, I Whoever messages me, I usually try and message them back. Um, so, yeah, you can you can do that. Sweet. I'll, uh, I'll link those in the show notes. Um, Owa, thank you so much. This was, this was fantastic. Let's stay in touch. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Thank you everyone for listening. That was Awamak Bay, Owa, Odigizua. You can reach Owa at the links down below in the show notes. Thank you guys all so much for listening to this. It's, uh, it's been too long. I think I, I said before, um, with mental health being a recurring topic on the show, it didn't feel appropriate for me to be talking about that while mine wasn't so great. But I'm in a lot better place now. I started therapy, um, and I got good people around me. So um, I just thank you guys. I don't, I don't know what this is going to be. Um, I don't know what it's going to turn into, but this is just something I really love to do. Um, and I get to give really cool people and interesting and inspiring people a platform to share their stories and tell stories that not everyone has heard. Um, so I can't thank Owa and Alsada and the future guests enough, but, um, this is really cool. And I'm happy to be back here. So um, thank you guys for listening and bearing with me and to everyone new. Welcome. But this is just cool to be able to do this. So um, with that, check out the links on OWA. Make sure to follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Bo P. Braden. And special thank you to Dylan Scott for assisting me during this and also making the theme music for Botox. Thank you guys. Very grateful.